man, that song sounds like a kid who just learned how to masturbate. It's so, like, over the top. I mean, when we were young, stuff like that was, like, awesome. Like, we would probably drive around in the 90s blasting that song. I think if someone went down the street today blasting that song, I'd be laughing my ass off. So here's what we're going to talk about on episode 570-something of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Where are we at? 572. I'm seeing it on pin side. People are starting to doubt that Canada's clues that I gave you to the next stern and spooky title are going to be accurate. Now, I'm staring at right now to stage left the 2020 Twippy Award for Favored Pinball Podcast. I finally got it in the mail. So thank you to everybody who voted. Thank you to everyone who loves this show. And the reason why this show wins year after year is because we tell you what's next when no one else will. We'll we'll tell you. We'll spoil it a little bit. We'll give you enough clues. Now, let's go back to this. So I know that for some of you out there, you got enough information from Canada to connect the dots. And if you were smart, you went to your distributor and you got on a list. Now, I was talking to a few distributors and they were saying after your show, We have a lot of inquiry about the next title. And a lot of them are already like, look, my lists are pretty full. It just makes total sense for you to be on the list just in case, just in case. And I'm looking out for all of you out there because I don't want anyone to have to ever go to eBay or pay over sticker price for a game that is easy to get. All of these pinball machines are really easy to get. I know it seems like there's FOMO, that these are rare toys, but ultimately think about it. In all of the world, there really aren't more than like a thousand people that are clamoring to get a nine dollars to $13,000 LE or CE pinball machine. There just are not. People don't wake up and want to spend this kind of money on a pinball machine. I need to do a Canada on the street in which I walk up to people in different cities and just ask them, hey, how much do you think a pinball machine cost in 2021? It's going to be hilarious. I think most people think a grand or two. So, okay. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. I've seen some of you out there questioning Canada. Is he leading us astray? So I said, it's not a movie. And it's not a music pin. So here's another rumor for all of you guys out there. Here's what I'm hearing. And I'm going to give you more details on this as we get closer. So the order of the game releases I'm hearing is going to be Brian Eddy, Keith Elwin, and then John Borg. Now, I am hearing that John Borg's next title is going to be a music pin. Okay, I also heard what the musical act is. I'm not going to tell you right now. So, we're going to get a non-movie, non-music pin from Brian Eddy. Then we are going to get Keith Owens' Godzilla, the worst-kept secret in pinball. Then we are going to get a music pin from John Borg. It seems to make sense, this order. Now, somewhere in the middle of all this, there might be a vault edition or a remake of an old Stern classic. Okay, so not a movie and not music and so some people are saying is it pokemon now pokemon is a great guess it is not pokemon it is not avatar the last airbender it is not caddyshack which is a movie there are so many people out there that were still guessing movies it's not harry potter it's not back to the future if you hear my clues and you suggest a movie what's wrong with you it's not a movie let me give you another hint let me give you another hint This is something where the storyline is not complete yet. 
And I've seen people complaining about that being like, I don't like getting TV show pinball machines until the show is complete. And I'm here to tell all of you whining about that you're being stupid. It's not like it's a trilogy where there's a beginning and an end. This thing is an ongoing world and storyline, and there is no real beginning or end. And also, this show is all about individual adventures that happen on each episode. So it's easy to see how they could take this many. Let's say you, like Rick and Morty's like that, right? You could argue Rick and Morty's not done, so we can't make a pinball machine. Sopranos wasn't done. Game of Thrones wasn't done. South Park wasn't done. Family Guy wasn't done. I think almost every single TV show that's ever been a pinball machine wasn't necessarily done. Now, another great guess that isn't correct, but I think this would make an amazing pinball machine. Are you listening to me, American Pinball? Are you listening to me, David Fix? Are you listening, Roger Sharp? Someone needs to make The Office as a pinball machine. Now, The Office is still one of the most streamed TV shows of all time. It's so popular, and The Office would be perfect for a pinball machine, and you should make the world under glass look like Dunder Mifflin's office space. How cool would that be? I really hope someone makes The Office, but here's the thing. It's not going to be Brian Eddy, and it's not coming out in May from Stern Pinball. The other clue I'll give you is this. If the Ellie version of this game doesn't come with a super special thing that goes around the wood part of the game, if that material isn't special and labeled that way, Stern is making a huge mistake. And I know that they could market this game in such a fun way. And I'm not sure they're going to do it because the property is so big. Sometimes when the property is this large, you really don't need to do that much extra. But that's the stuff that people remember. They remember the unique details. I'll give you another example. I keep hearing people say Beetlejuice. It's not Beetlejuice. Now, I think that Beetlejuice might be the game that Ben Heck and Christopher Franchi are working on over at Chicago Gaming Company. So think about it. Christopher Franchi's been trying to get Beetlejuice made. Ben Heck is working at CGC on a game in which they're putting tons of toys into it. Now, I'm probably wrong on this one. This is a total speculative rumor. He'll love to tell us we're wrong about this, but if here's, but I don't even care about that. This is not why I'm talking about Beetlejuice. But how awesome would it be if the way you could order Beetlejuice and the only way you could get it is you have to call the company up and say Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. You have to say it three times. And the first 1,000 people who call the number and say it get the first 1,000 games or the only 1,000 games. I think that would be super rad. So that's a great hint for you who are thinking about what's the next Stern machine. And I will say this. Some of you out there are guessing correctly. It's been said, okay, so it's not like there's something else there's not a ton of relevant TV shows that are super popular that everybody's into. I will say that I am surprised at a lot of people that are saying, this theme is an easy pass for me. The joyless men that are out there that think this is an easy pass, it's like, what are you into? This stuff is like millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people love this stuff and it's an easy pass. So go enjoy your Willy Wonka grown men. Because this thing is much more contemporary, much more relevant, and I think much better suited to pinball. No, actually, I don't. I don't agree with that. Willy Wonka is the greatest pinball theme ever, if done correctly. It was not done correctly. None of the magic of that movie. Oh, my God, I'm not going to go down that road. I know you hate when I do it. So, Spooky Pinball. Let's talk about Spooky real quick. So, Spooky's next game is another game in which I'm seeing a lot of people guess this thing right. 
So I think the spooky rumor mill actually is harder to keep quiet. Now, we know that Rick and Morty, they kept that very, very quiet right up until reveal. But this one, this one is seemingly like not as secret as some of the other titles. It's also because they've talked about wanting to do this in the past. This license was actually licensed by someone who commissioned a game with Spooky Pinball in the past. I mean, am I just giving this stuff away now? I mean, I just don't want to say it. I know that you have to connect some of these dots, but you're going to see that Spooky title is coming out in June. It's perfect for Spooky. It's going to be super fun. And here's the thing. If you want to get this game, don't forget that you need to be a Fang Club member of Spooky Pinball to buy the Ellie of each of their titles moving forward. So if you did not renew your Spooky Fan Club, you can't get access to the Ellie of their next title. That was a really smart move by Chuck and Bug, this fan club, because it's putting something just like $35,000 in their pocket just for you to have the right to buy their game, okay? So just don't forget that next time you get your free topper because ain't nothing in life free, people. You're just paying for it on the back end because you get some Bella Lugosi thing that probably cost them just a few bucks. But I love Spooky Pinball. I do love this little company in Benton, Wisconsin. I do think this title is going to be the perfect theme for Spooky Pinball, and I know they're super excited about it, and I know they're super disappointed that they're not making Godzilla, but this is the right kind of pin for Spooky. So speaking of Spooky Pinball, we got some news from Scott Denisi that he is not doing the music for Spooky Pinball game number six. Scott Denisi will be doing the music. This is like completely out of left field. He will be doing the music for a modular game for the P3 Multimorphic. Let me repeat that. Scott Denisi will be bringing his skills to the P3 Multimorphic in a new game coming out on that platform. So the P3 Multimorphic, we don't talk about it a lot because, you know, I mirror this show after the games that the majority of my audience own and play and enjoy. But I've heard good things about Heist. I've heard good things about that game. I haven't had a chance to play it, so I'm not going to slam a game I've never played. Uh, I can't wait to play it. I think the crane looks really cool. I've obviously given you a million thoughts about this platform, and the whole thing about the P3 Multimorphic is it needs games that people really want. It also needs themes that people really want. It's still a very expensive proposition if the theme doesn't speak to you. It's really, really hard to sell someone on Heist when you can sell them on Guns N' Roses, when you can sell them on Avengers, when you can sell them on Star Wars, when you can sell them on Batman, on Ghostbusters. I mean, Stern's themes are just over the top. Led Zeppelin or Lexi Lightspeed? Okay, let's do it. Let's do a little survey. Who loves Led Zeppelin in the world and who loves Lexi Lightspeed? And that's the issue that P3 has always had. Bringing Scott Denisi over is an interesting thing. We'll see what this does for the game. There was also another post in the P3 Multimorphic thread in which a group of individuals are making a modular game for P3 Multimorphic, and they're not sure yet if they're going to bring it to market, but they're looking for a programmer. So if you are a programmer and you've wanted to program something in pinball, go into that thread. This might be a good opportunity for you to learn how to program a pinball machine working with these dudes. It sounds like a fun thing. I don't know how to program anything. 
I just know how to make the world's most entertaining pinball podcast. All right, what else is going on in pinball? Don't worry, this is not going to be a very long episode because there's not a lot going on. I mean, you guys are going to see in early May the next Stern and in June the new Spooky, and we're going to have a ton to talk about. So alien pinball machines are being made. I still haven't really seen them being unboxed. I'm not sure how many they're making, but the Pinball Brothers are getting it done seemingly. But that photo, I I still go back to that photo of just six games lined up. Why can't they just show us the manufacturing? Why can't they show us the line? Why can't they show us a video tour of this Italian facility and all those alien machines being made? Because I'm not sure, you know, it's still sort of like a very slow burn. Now, talking about slow burn, the slowest burning pinball, Deep Root, Robert Mueller actually popped onto Canada's Pinball Podcast Facebook page. He responded to one of the posts I put up there yesterday. It was the guy holding the sign with the meme that says, Save Steve Bowden. And literally, you know, it's just a joke. Save Steve Bowden from Deep Root. He's been there for years. Everybody loves Steve Bowden. We love Steve Bowden. Everybody just wants to see Steve Bowden's work out in the world. We want to see his Raza work in people's homes and out on location. But Robert Mueller chimed in and he responded because it was Save Steve Bowden. He wrote, from Canada. Okay, I I don't know why Steve Bowden needs to be saved from Canada. I'm not doing anything to Steve Bowden. Steve Bowden is your employee. He's working on your game. And where is Raza? So what do you think? When I saw Robert came out of hiding to comment on one of my posts, I'm like, well, is he back? Does that mean like he's feeling good again? Does that mean like he's got some confidence and some swagger? Is this a great sign for Raza pre-order people that Robert Mueller is commenting on a Canada post? I know it seems tiny, like a little tiny act, but I don't think Robert's the kind of guy that comes out of hiding and says something like this unless he feels now confident that he's going to be able to tell all of us to shove it. Because I think that's like what he wants to do. I think he wants to eventually tell all of the people out there that have been so critical of his operation to go shove it. Now, look, we will always have the last laugh because 130 titles is not enough to keep this company afloat. And food truck might not be the theme, Robert, that's going to take down Godzilla. All right. So we'll see. We'll see. And look, as I always said, Canada's got nothing to prove. I've got the four twippies to prove it. The best pinball podcast in the world, four years straight. For four years, we've been waiting for Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland. We've been waiting for the five days of Deep Root. So bring it to us. It's not me you have to prove. It's not anyone else out there. You just have to get the customers their games. If you get the customers who paid for their products, their games, nobody will care. All of that negativity, all of that other stuff, it goes away. It goes away when you actually live up to what you promised. So I hope that happens. But who knows, man? Who knows? I mean, it's just going to be a very competitive market this summer. We talked about the stream with David Thiel where he said a lot more is coming out this summer and stuff he's been working on is coming out this summer. And that begs the question of where the hell is Chicago Gaming Company? I mean, are they missing? Is something going awry over there? Are they going to drop the five days of Deep Root on us? Do they have five titles ready to go? Where is Cactus Canyon Remake? It's almost like they took Cactus Canyon Remake and they're remaking it. Like, are they going to call this Cactus Canyon Remake Remake? Because it's taken that long. It feels like forever and a day since we got Monster Bash Remake. So Chicago Gaming Company continues to drift further out to sea. 
in terms of being on our radar of companies which we can't wait to see what's next. And they've done absolutely nothing. I mean, no marketing, no social media posts, nothing. They are absolutely doing nothing to create any sort of momentum around this company. It's like they don't even care if you're a Chicago gaming company fan. And I know more people would rather buy Medieval Madness right now because it's a better game. Medieval Madness is just a much better game than Cactus Canyon. I don't care what they do with the code. We'll see what happens there. It's also an interesting thing. I'm curious how people will respond to Cactus Canyon Remake. How many people want to keep going back? And are the new games just that much better? So speaking about new games being that much better, there is nothing you can do to make Guns N' Roses better. And for some of you out there, you might have seen this. Pin Stadium, the Pin Stadium system, which I am a fan of. I think the Pin Stadium system does wonders to certain games. I had it on my Batman 66. There are just certain titles that are very dark in the middle that could use extra lighting. If there is one game in the history of all of pinball that does not need extra lighting. If there is one game where it's too much, where you're adding additional brush strokes to the Mona Lisa, that is Guns N' Roses, which won for best light show. Guns N' Roses, which is the greatest pinball light show of all time. They invented a new lighting system for the game itself. It doesn't need the system. And I watched the Buffalo Pinball stream, which was basically like an infomercial for this stuff. I mean, you know, Pin Stadium's in the chat. And I'm also banned. Canada is banned from the Buffalo Pinball stream. So I take a little bit of offense to that. Why am I banned from being able to comment on the Buffalo Pinball stream? I didn't even do anything on any Buffalo Pinball streams. There's so much love by the other pinball content creators to Canada. It's not even funny. But I don't even care about that. I saw the stream. I saw it working, and yeah, it's bright, it lights it up, and that's great, but there's something to be said. Sometimes, the most effective way to be impressed by lighting is also for you to allow there to be darkness, for you to allow the contrast between light and dark. And Eric and team over there, I mean, Keith, Eric, and Joe Katz, and everybody over there, they spent 40 hours coding the effects in Live and Let Die. It doesn't need anything else. I would not buy this product. I would not throw additional lights onto it. I don't care if the center of the game's a little bit dark at times. So what? I've played GNR in a dark bar. I've played it in a bright bar. I have never sat over a Guns N' Roses and said, this thing needs more lights. Rick and Morty doesn't need lights. A lot of these new games just don't need additional lighting. Now, some of them do. The older games, most of them all do. So stick to your last is the point I will say to Penn Stadium. This is one that you just shouldn't have touched. And so in general, Guns N' Roses is a machine where I don't think it needs much. I don't think it needs like that speaker system in the back by Lior. Like I've looked over the game and like I love Lior's work and I normally look at games and say, hey, this could be improved upon or you can make this look nicer. But Guns N' Roses just under the glass itself, under the glass itself is just perfect. It looks beautiful. I don't think you need to go tacking all this stuff on. It doesn't need it. It's such an awesome package. I can't wait to unbox my CE one day. All right, so that's the pin stadium thing. Anything else going on in the pinball world? You see, there's not a lot. 
There's not a lot. And so I'm happy to do this show. I'm going to try to do these shows as much as I can. I've got a lot going on with work. I've got a lot with baby Killian. I've got a lot of tiredness in my system. I'm running on 30%. This is 30% energy Canada. 30%. But I'm still doing my Facebook Lives every once in a while. I'm still doing a show at least once a week. You're going to get it. Maybe probably two. And you're still going to get the greatest pinball news, rumors, and speculation from me. You know it. And that's why... That's why Canada's Pinball Podcast is never going to go away because this is fun. This is this is really fun. I love when I hear other people say, oh, oh, we do it for the fun. We don't want to be negative. Canada. Yeah, cool. If you did it for the fun, why are you turning your show off? Okay, no, now it's back. Now it's back. Oh, oh, and we got to insult Canada, but we don't insult anybody here. This show hasn't been about personal attacks in what, like two years now? I mean, how many more Twippies do we have to win before people realize this is the most positive, entertaining podcast about pinball going. Just because we say that Led Zeppelin is uninspired and just because Neil McRae says that Led Zeppelin, he said it was brilliant. Neil McRae, I love you, brother. But Led Zeppelin is not brilliant design. Look at the upper flipper, Neil. It doesn't really have much purpose. It's a great flowing game, but we can't use the word brilliant and Led Zeppelin in the same sentence. And here's what's going to happen. At the beginning of May, when Brian Eddy's new title comes out, everyone's going to forget about Led Zeppelin. I get who loves Led Zeppelin. You tournament players, I get it. You just love your shots. You love your shots. You don't care about the rest of it. You love your shots. You could give a tournament player blank piece of wood with a bunch of switches and they would find a way to enjoy it. But for the rest of us, who want to get innovation, who want to get creativity, who want to get toys, who want to have wow moments under the glass. Led Zeppelin is not it. It's not it. It's not about shot geometry. The moment we begin to thinking that shot geometry is the only wow thing in pinball, you're crazy. You're crazy. And I had so much fun. I, I mean this. When I played Guns N' Roses at Sunshine Laundromat, and everyone's like, there's no mechs in the game. There's no toys in the game. There's no shots in the game. You people need to all jump on a GNR. There are so many shots. There are so many things going on. The entire thing is the toy. I love it. You're going to love it. Thank you again for all your votes. I'm so tired. I don't even know how to wrap up the show. Oh, yeah. I'll wrap it up by saying it's not Mortal Kombat. Mortal <laughs> Kombat.